Good morning. morning. I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 28, the last verses of the Gospel of Matthew. You all sounded wonderful singing this morning. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and that you are a good and gracious God and that we have a soul-saving gospel through Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to pray for the new Peyton and Callie Cabe who got married on Friday. Lord, we want to pray for this young couple and we rejoice in their marriage and want to pray, Lord, for many, many happy, healthy years of marriage together. And most importantly, Lord, that they have a marriage that is dedicated to you, where they are pointing each other to you, growing with you. Lord, we pray for our time this morning as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to begin with some news I have to share this morning, and I didn't want to wait until the end of the sermon, but I have been called to pastor another church in Connecticut. My family and I are going to be moving at the end of August. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to tell everyone this face-to-face. It was about a year ago that I prayerfully began to consider if the Lord would call me elsewhere. Carrie and I are both from cities, and we had both ultimately always wanted to go back to more of a city suburban area. But after more prayer, it didn't seem like the right time. That was just before a season where we had several new couples and families becoming part of this church, and I could see why the Lord kept us here. Earlier this year, that question came back, and I had this sense that I had done what I came to do. When I came here four years ago, this was a wonderful church. Today, it's still a wonderful church, but it's a wonderful church that's larger and younger than it was four years ago. It's a church that's been revitalized and set up well for the future. And I'm not, one, I'm not trying to take credit for that, but I was thankful to have been a part of that. This last year in particular has seen many new families joining our fellowship. It's been a great time of great energy, enthusiasm, and excitement in this church. I can honestly say that it has been the most enjoyable time of ministry in my lifetime as a pastor. When I say that, an obvious question some might have is, then why would you leave? Because nothing ever changed the pull that we always felt in going back to a city. And it's because it's been a great season that this seemed like the obvious time to be open to going elsewhere. I would rather leave when things are good than when things are in shambles. When I first was open to looking for a pastoral call, to be honest, I thought it would take at least a year, if not longer. And so I was open to being called, but expecting to still stay here for a while. When I was called to this church in 2019, it came after more than a year and a half of applying to churches. And in that time, I applied to over 80 churches. This time, I applied to two. The first one went nowhere. But then I applied to a church at the end of April. In five weeks from the day that I applied... 
I had three Zoom interviews and was invited to candidate in person. That's where we were last weekend. When I sent my resume and sermon samples to this church in Connecticut, if I'm being honest, I thought it was a huge long shot that I'd ever even get an interview. But now that I'm on the other side of things, I truly believe that the Lord was at work throughout this process. We were primarily looking if in the Carolinas and Tennessee. Instead, the Lord took us to Connecticut. We wanted to be closer to family. The Lord's taking us further away. For everyone who has joined this church over the last couple years, I want you to know that you're in a special place. There are so many people in this church who love you and care about you. And so my encouragement in this season is to stay the course. It might seem like a time of uncertainty and instability, but it should also be a time of excitement and optimism. This church has done great things in the last couple years. This next season might have some challenges, but it will also be a season that creates new opportunities for people to step up and serve in new ways. And this church will be all the better for it. My encouragement for all of our newer, newer people is to find a ministry to get involved in, to invest yourself even more into this great church. And if you're looking for ways to get involved, I'd love to talk to you. I'm still the pastor. Somebody said to me yesterday, I thought you were going to bury us. I said, I'm still here for another month. <laughs> Over the years, I've heard many kind words about my preaching. And I think that's a testimony to how much this church loves the word of God. And that I never heard anyone say anything critical about how I preached. This was always a place where I felt comfortable preaching the word. And sadly, I don't think that's true in every church. It's an honor to be able to do what I do and to be able to teach from God's word. And just remember that we're blessed to live in an age where you still will have that option. I'll still put my sermons online for anyone who wants to listen. While the time is coming when I won't be the pastor, I'll still have relationships with you guys. Those don't go away. I've lived in many places in my life. I still keep in touch with people from all of them. It's something that's always been important to me. Many times I've joked with Carrie that I'm basically good at two things, preaching and staying in touch with people. Sista Park and Christian Bible Church will always have a special place in our hearts. This was the first church that gave me the privilege of being a senior pastor. For that, I'll always be thankful. It's the place where my family had our first dog. I still haven't decided yet if she's coming to Connecticut with us. This is also where Robbie was born, his first home, the place where he said his first words and took his first steps. We have so many special memories as a family in Sista Park. Some might have different reactions when you hear that we're moving to New England. Again, it wasn't a region where I ever really saw myself living but sometimes the Lord takes us to places where we don't see ourselves. And I'm excited. It's one of the least church states in America. But that's part of why I want to go there. Because it's an area that desperately needs people who will preach the gospel. 
And it's for that reason that though it's sad to lose a pastor, I hope I can have your prayers. One thing that has always been near and dear to this church is a heart for missions. This church has supported people who have served all over the world. But sometimes it's the pastor who must also go and serve in a place where maybe he's more needed. There's a godly man who's at church today, and he doesn't know it, but he's going to be the pastor of this church in the not-too-distant future. Remember that. The passage I picked this morning is the Great Commission, a favorite in the Bible. And I'll be brief today, but I had a few things I wanted to share from this passage. I have three points to make. Making disciples, being disciples, and discipling disciples. First, sorry, the first one is being disciples. I switched that up. The Great Commission starts with being a disciple first. You can't make disciples without being a disciple. You can't train someone in a skill you've never learned. An a coach can't teach a sport to an athlete that they don't know how to play. And so every day, we need to be following Jesus, walking with Jesus, living for Jesus. And there are two things that really make that challenging. One is our own sinfulness. We want to do what we want to do. We want to follow the desires of our heart and not what God is leading us to. The second is that we live in a world that hates the gospel. Nothing that we believe offends the sensibilities of our world more than the gospel message. If you're a Christian, the gospel is good news. But it's easy to forget that those who don't believe it, to them, the gospel is a message that they hate. Because the gospel confronts you with your sin. It confronts us with our need for forgiveness and that we cannot earn or deserve God's grace on our own. Apart from God and apart from the gospel and apart from what Christ has done, we are helpless. And it's hard to accept those things. It can be hard to say that we need help. I think it's especially true in a community like this. We like to do things on our own. We like to take care of things. We like to be self-sufficient. But from a spiritual perspective, the gospel tells you that you can't when it comes to your salvation. What does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? It's living a life that values the things of God over the things of the world. Jesus commands us to take up our cross daily. And so that's being a disciple. Second is making disciples. Again, the Great Commission is at the heart of the Christian life. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the why of life, why we're here. The Great Commission is the what, what we're here to do. It's to follow Jesus' command of what he said to make disciples of all nations. It's why this church exists. It should be why every church exists. To be a place where people can serve together on mission for the gospel. And that should undergird everything that happens in a church and everything that happens in every ministry within the church because it's a work that we are all called to participate in. It's one of the many graces that Jesus has given to us. He's given us a cause to... 
he's given us a cause to serve that's bigger than ourselves. And it's about lifting up his name and making him known. It's about sharing the good news of a living Savior to a world that is dead in sin. And that is what we must do. The church is the people of God serving the mission of God to the world. The church doesn't exist like a restaurant that you go to where they are there really for you to cater to your every whim, to make you happy. Rather, the church is where we go to serve and to use the gifts that God has given us to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. I've had numerous conversations with people over the years where people have looked at the state of affairs in our world and thought, when is Jesus coming back? I can't answer that question. But the fact that it's been almost 2,000 years is another act of grace that Jesus has not yet come back that he's given more and more opportunity for people to hear the gospel, for the nations to be reached with the good news. The Great Commission is a mission from which we never retire. If you ever wonder if you still have a role with serving God's purposes of the Great Commission, check your pulse. If you have one, yes. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The Great Commission begins with sharing the gospel. But that isn't where it ends. And that's my third point, discipling disciples. Jesus did not say to go make converts of all nations. He said to go and make disciples of all nations. And discipleship is a lifelong process of being a committed follower of Jesus. It's part of the reason why Christianity is not meant to be a solitary faith. It's not a solo sport, it's a team sport. <clears throat> People who say that they can practice their faith on their own and don't need the church, that's not biblical. We need other Christians. We need community. We need people who will pray with us and for us, who will encourage us and challenge us, who will point us to God. But we also need to be those person for other people. At the end of the Great Commission, and as I said at the beginning, this is the final verse from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus promises his disciples and his church, behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Jesus is with his church. Let's pray. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you have given the church the great commission. Lord, and may we live up to what Christ has called us, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, to be people who love God and love our neighbor, to be people who share the good news of the gospel and who are committed to that and to that mission above all else. In Jesus' name, amen.